0: Hello and welcome into another episode of the Esports Network podcast and of the College Esports Quick Take. As always, I'm your host, Mitch Reams. To our listeners on the Esports Network podcast feed, if you're hearing this show, the people on the College Esports feed heard it first. So be sure to subscribe to the College Esports Quick Take if you want the first look at interviews like this one and also all our daily shows, the program spotlight in the news Classes in session covering everything about collegiate esports from the academic side to the competitive side. But when I have a great guest, or guests, I should say, guests, plural, like I do today, we have to publish it on both feeds. We have three guests for y'all today. I'm not sure if I've ever done a triple guest podcast on either feed in the past. But we have Patrick Klein, the Chief Strategy Officer at eFuse. Patrick, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Mitch.
0: I might also be calling him PK during the show, just as a point of clarification in case you all are confused. Uh, We also have Nathan Meeker, Nate Meeker, Director of Esports at Akron University. Nate, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks for having me, Mitch.
0: And then finally, we have Cody Elson, Director, Head Coach at Northwood University. Cody, welcome to the show. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Akron and Northwood are two of the dominant college esports programs out there. We've covered both of them on the program spotlight section of the college esports quick take. And eFuse is branded as the LinkedIn for Gamers. They run a social media platform and a competitive platform, as well as power rankings and content all around collegiate esports. eFuse is quickly becoming one of the companies that is serving as the glue amongst the college esports world that is constantly growing. Among other pieces of content, eFuse publishes a college coaches rankings. In traditional collegiate sports, rankings are everything, and eFuse is providing the best board out there of these rankings in collegiate esports. In fall, they did power rankings for Overwatch, League of Legends, and Rocket League, which I often think are the three big collegiate esports, and the latter is where both of our two coaches teams dominated. Akron has turned themselves into a virtual powerhouse in College Rocket League with three national championships to their name, and they stayed on top of the RO power rankings in fall, but Northwood was right behind them, finishing just six points under Akron with the final poll of fall. And also, listeners will remember our show about the Maui Invitational in Rocket League. Northwood ended up winning that tournament, beating Mizzou in the finals. Next Tuesday, the 16th, E-Fuse is running a show match with our two programs here, Northwood and Akron. 6.30 Eastern Time for the pregame show and 7 p.m., for the show match. So like I said, I've covered both Akron and Northwood on the program spotlight episodes of this show, and you'll be able to learn more about their programs here. But I'm excited to have Cody and Nate here to talk about their respective programs. But first, Patrick, eFuse has continued to expand into its role of Collegiate Esports. As Chief Strategy Officer, what's the strategy?
1: Uh, great question. I think that it uh, starts and, and finishes with the coaches and the players. I mean, I think that that is the heartbeat of this community, and we wanted to, first and foremost come in with the, the idea that we wanted to make an impact. We wanted to add value. So we got some of the best coaches, program directors together from all across the country and said, hey, how can we be helpful? What does the the, the landscape look like? Where do the holes exist? And how can we add value? And I think what came about it uh, from those conversations were one, how can we create a platform that allows for storytelling, uh, allows for content to be really fantastic and amplified across all metrics, across the community, all of gaming and esports. And then the second thing is, you know, how can we help with the recruiting piece? And I think that when you look back on some of the, the initiatives that we've had at eFuse, it's really about making sure that programs like Akron and Northwood, their players, their successes uh, they're, you know, the students and what they're doing from a production standpoint, from a majoring standpoint that we help tell those stories. And that's exactly what we're going to do next Tuesday. We cannot have a collegiate show match without these two programs. And we're just super excited to have them, uh, be involved.
0: They're two of the absolute best programs out there, and it's uh, the college esports space has not been around that long, but some names are quickly rising to the top as just the most dominant programs out there. You've got your UCIs, your Maryvilles, and both Akron and Northwood are really establishing themselves in this space. Cody, Northwood, uh, to my knowledge, and you actually broke this up before the show, I, I was going to say offers more teams in varsity esports, but maybe it's more players on scholarship with over 50 players across 11 different titles uh, that are receiving scholarships to play esports at Northwood. How have you expanded the program so quickly during your
3: time? Um, well, I've had a lot of experience in the esports industry from the professional side, on the esports organization man- management side. Um, And I did that for about four years. So I had quite a bit of relationships um, throughout the industry. So I I relied heavily on my network of, uh, you know, knowing some, you know, if you have any young players essentially uh, looking to go to college or they plan to go to college and haven't heard about the whole collegiate esports concept. That's kind of where I came in. Um, That's how I got a lot of the, I guess, big fish that we have this year and they're all freshmen. So we set us up ourselves up for a nice four year run here. And I, uh, you know, actively go to high schools, too, around Michigan, Ohio, Illinois, um, and Indiana as well. Um, And I, you know, pitch the program, talk about it, and I really try to find good students first and then um, evaluate the player second with their skills. So I'd say it's, you know, just the past experiences I've had in esports has helped me tremendously on knowing where to find talent and how to. Definitely. That is
0: one of the hardest things in collegiate esports is the recruiting aspect of it. And it's, it's what separates the, uh, the random varsity programs from the great ones that are finding competitive success over and over again. Nate, over to you. Akron also has quite a few teams. I believe I saw seven on your page. That's more than the standard three we see from a lot of programs. How has that recruiting been for you as you expand into new collegiate esports? What are some of the difficulties with it?
2: So we actually are expanding into an eighth one. The next upcoming semester, we're going to be adding Valorant into the program. So I can speak to that pretty pointedly. (laughs) Uh, Some of the challenges, honestly, I think Cody hit on it a little bit there, just the awareness of these programs that exist at different colleges it's not something that's in the mindset of every high school student or high school esports coach or high school esports program that they have an opportunity to compete at the college level after they graduate like like it is with traditional sports where you'll see folks that are very aware of what that pipeline looks like this is so new that one of the challenges for every college program out there is awareness and how do you get in front of the top level high school students that are in your recruiting area or that are interested in coming to your particular school. And then how do you translate that into getting kids to sign up for your particular program? A lot of it is, as Cody mentioned, going to the schools, talking to the administrators, talking to the high school students themselves, reaching out to try and find connections where you can, building those connections, and then in turn, circling back to those high schools and saying, We've taken a couple of kids from your high school. We've integrated them onto our varsity team. Look where they've gone with this team. We'd love to work with you some more, bringing those high schools in to do different show matches, potentially practices, getting them in to see the facilities, getting them excited about what collegiate esports looks like after they finish high school.
0: It's so interesting comparing it to collegiate sports, where you mentioned how this is all just really a built-out process where uh, signing day is its own like sports holiday almost in college football where there's all these different recruits and people following the lives of 15-year-olds and hoping they sign to their various SEC football program or the University of Oregon. Go Ducks! Uh, It's a really interesting space and one that isn't nearly as developed in college esports. Patrick, on that front, what exactly is eFuse doing to help create a better recruiting pipeline and help schools and players uh, build this space out in the way that needs to be built out?
1: I think uh, first I just want to bring up, you know, when when you asked the question to two of the best coaches in the country, I think that what you, what you got is they both talked about recruiting and the importance of it. You know, recruiting is the lifeline of programs, whether that be traditional sports or esports programs or professional teams. And that's exactly – one of the big holes in the in the esports space in general. It's really hard to target demographic data to players. I don't know who I'm playing against. I don't know where they're from. I don't know what they're interested in. And so what we have done is try to create a place where every gamer of all level, especially Scholastic in this case, since we're having this t- conversation, can come along, build a portfolio, showcase what they're passionate about, showcase what they're successful in, whether that be game statistics, whether that be, you know, production, whether that be casting and then utilize that to showcase where they are amongst their peers. And that's what we've done with the pipeline, right? You know, we are doing things behind the scenes to help these coaches add value. And those are combines every Sunday. Both of these coaches are constantly there uh, working every Sunday uh, when you look at, you know, putting in the work, putting in the effort, and that's why their programs are rewarded. But what we want to do is we want to take and go find that talent across the country, across the world, and showcase what opportunities exist in the collegiate scene and then spread that talent amongst other programs. And probably Coach Meeker and Coach Elson doesn't want to hear that because they want to stay on the top. But what I know about them is that they're super competitive and they put the community way before themselves. And so they know that this is definitely needed for the betterment of the future of collegiate esports, but also for the students and the opportunities that are going to exist uh, coming down the
0: road well how about it coaches are, are you guys happy with the status quo and uh you want it to to continue because you're dominating currently
2: yeah i i definitely agree with patrick i think that it, while the status quo would benefit us in the short term it definitely doesn't benefit us in the long term collegiate esports needs more competition across uh bigger number a larger number of collegiate programs and some of this is going to be national but i think a larger push is going to be regional where you're going to be competing against the schools that you would normally compete against at your university level. So if you're in a bigger division or a smaller division, finding areas for those schools to also raise up their eSports game so you can drive those relationships that have already been established through traditional sports and rivalries that already exist within the university realm and making sure that those are pushed forward, I really think that's where we're gonna see a lot more development in the eSports realm in the near future.
0: It is a very interesting area where you have the varsity teams are kind of sporadically uh, spread out around the U.S. Missouri is one hub. Uh, California has a few teams there, and then Pennsylvania, quite a few teams around there. Michigan as well. Uh, how do you balance on those traditional sports rivalries when you know every school is in like a various stage of its level of support
3: for esports um i mean i'd say i mean when you talk about rivalries and stuff like that um are you talking like on on a state level i guess it's hard um for like in michigan for example there's not really um a lot of the games we compete in um there's not really anybody else kind of investing like we are at that high level so it's hard so it's it's easier to create rivalries I guess across North America and I feel like that's what we've done I mean definitely could say Akron's probably you know a rival of ours for Rocket League just because the history has been insane with how close um, the series I think I said it earlier in an interview I think we've won 28 games they've won 29 across all of our series it's about as tight as it gets when it comes to collegiate esports and it's going to be hard to really you know, have those rivalries until other programs start investing and in finding better, better talent. Because uh, you know, that's why like eFuse is so important. Because um, they're able to find such good talent around the world. Really, is you have a lot of these colleges just picking up somebody that just plays the game and wants to play. You know, collegiate esports that really doesn't have that competitive experience or drive. So that's where a lot of the huge disparity and fall off is. So it's really hard to you know manage and create rivalries when. A lot of the times, it's just the the competition so one sided, you know. Definitely, and you're creating new rivalries as well.
0: There's uh, both are true as you have these existing rivalries, but the the new rivalry is almost just as good. Twenty eight to twenty nine, that's crazy in college rocket league. Uh, Nate, what does a rivalry do for a college esports program like that? Like, why is it important to have those?
2: So I think it's for a couple of reasons. One, it gives the players on both sides another team that they're familiar with that I don't want to say they can target as an enemy because it's not an enemy really, but it's more of a friendly rivalry that you have between two programs that constantly go back and forth and compete with one another. One thing that we haven't seen a lot of in collegiate esports is that consistent level of high play, like Cody mentioned. And you'll also see that very rarely do you play against the same teams season in and season out. A lot of times you'll play against random teams from all over the place. That, at this point, doesn't help to drive a lot of those rivalries because many games, especially when you're playing on one of the higher level teams are blowouts. When you're playing against those teams that have lower level talent or they, or they don't have a program that's invested behind them. So one thing that it does help is it helps those players, um, drive that rivalry and provide that friendly atmosphere for them to compete. And then in addition to that, it helps the school who's providing the program. It gives them something to market there for their game. It's always much more exciting to go against a high level or a high caliber of skill rival than it is to go against a school that does not have any talent behind them when you know it's going to be a blowout in one way or another. So giving that school the ability to market for that game, getting students excited for that high-level competition is definitely a benefit for having those rivals.
1: And Mitch, I just want to make a point too, and I think this is so why we are you know, doubling down on making sure that we can provide some of these platforms like the e Collegiate Show Match, right? It's so important for the structure and the community for them to have heroes, that's, I mean, think about when you grew up, you, you, you rooted on what your parents rooted on. Maybe not, you know, uh, maybe you, you then changed where you went to college and, and in order to build that fandom, um, that really helps the community grow. That's why we have to tell stories. And that's why, you know, we're sitting here today with you is like, you're doing a great job with that. We want to, at EFuse do a great job of that. There's publishers that do a great job of that and are committed to that, but we need more of that. You know, we need to know who the best players in Rocket League are. We need to know who the best teams are. That's why the coaches poll is so important for us. But it's also a story of how can we get more of this? How can we do this in a really cool, hip way that if I am a young high school Rocket League player, I want to be – um, you know, the next Tristan, right? That That's what we need more of. Um, and I'm so excited to, to say that eFuse is committed to that. And we're willing to invest our time and energy to make sure that these, the, the great work that Nate and Cody are putting in with their programs. And there's so many others uh, that we can help tell those stories.
0: Uh, in general with eSports, storytelling, I think is huge because you're right. That's the narratives are what drive traditional sports. We just saw that with the Super Bowl. It, you know, people are watching because they know Brady's been around for so long and that's why they care about it. He's 43 years old. He's going for it one more time. He brought Gronk back. You know, it's these storylines that just have naturally been evolved over time in traditional sports that are really crucial for esports, especially collegiate esports, because the same is true in college esports. I was almost named after an Oregon Duck football player. Actually, they had a list of three of them that they were going to name me after, my parents being them. Uh, and it's it's an interesting amount of just like love for that program. And I was, from birth, basically going to go to the University of Oregon, which I did, and they finished the season ranked fifth on the College Rocket League list. So let's go Ducks. We love that. Uh, but that's the kind of fervor that exists in traditional sports. It's generational like that, and it, it starts in collegiate sports. And these are just the earliest days of it, of building these storylines that, will hopefully help dictate fandom uh, in generations in the future. It's cool to be in an industry and in a place where we're taking the first steps there. Uh, Cody, how are you helping position Northwood in a place where it's like, yeah, we want to be remembered as one of the pioneers of collegiate esports going forward.
3: Um. Well, I mean, there's a couple of things that we're doing, uh, I think, that are going to help with that. Is uh, number one, um, you know, we have our esports management major that we rolled out um, this year, and that's been extremely successful so far. Sorry if you hear some background noise for a second. Uh, everybody just walked in the door at my house. Um, but, uh, I, you know, that, and then we also are getting into tournament operations and hosting that um, I can't really announce stuff yet, but it's going to be some pretty awesome stuff, in particular for Rocket League coming up at the end of March um and that'll translate into uh, a hue fest type event yearly for northwood where we're going to focus on games outside of league of legends you know and try to come come up with something creative um and then obviously you know championships and high caliber players you know we have i think i think having the the rosters we have is going to help with people remember that you know we have six um, contenders overwatch players on our team uh, rocket league players are some of the top amateurs out there right now in the borderline of RLCSX the main event. So I think, I think that helps quite a bit. And then um, from a branding standpoint, you'll start to see some really cool branding uh, stuff roll out the next month. So it's really, it's really focusing on, uh, I guess, perception. Um, the, uh, that's how we're trying to position, position ourselves as investing in the branding side and the, just the quality of everything being high quality, not really uh, you know, half a glass half full type of uh, mentality. We're trying to, do everything to the fullest capabilities that we can. I love that.
0: Nate, it's a similar situation, I imagine, where you have such great players that they're now on the precipice of possibly breaking in to the top level. But given the just the age ranges that we deal with in esports, where Rocket League's uh, got players who are 16, 17 years old. I recently did an article on Rogue and their team is 16 and two 17 year olds. Uh, And they just won the X Games. How do you work with that sort of weird situation a little bit? And just ages of of players are so young that before college, they're already breaking into the RLCS. You know, how do you position your players to? Hey, if you wanted to pursue this, you can. Uh, And just kind of the the weird age ranges that that exist in college esports that traditional sports doesn't have to deal with as much.
2: Sure. So I think it goes back to the the pathway that I mentioned earlier. The pathway for traditional sports is very clear. You know, you go to high school, you play at a high level, you go to college, you play at a high level. Maybe you get drafted into the pros. Doesn't work like that for for esports at all. You get noticed when you're when you're younger, sometimes significantly younger. When it comes to esports, you move directly into the pro scene in most cases, and it's very rare for us to see students that are at the collegiate level playing at a high level, then transitioning into the pro scene. So when we saw that with with Tristan, uh, it was astounding because it just simply doesn't happen very often. There's very few players where that's an opportunity they've been given, but. What we've been able to do is help to position the program in a way that we can accommodate the needs of someone who is looking to do that. Because even though that is a rarity and it's something that doesn't happen all that often, it is something that many players aspire to, even if it's not all that likely. And for us, we need to be aware of that and provide a situation in which they can succeed at the collegiate level. And then if they are able to make it at the pro level or if they're able to attempt to make it at the pro level, we can help accommodate schedules. We can help make sure that they have everything available that they need to succeed in school, succeed at the varsity level for college, and then maybe hopefully succeed at the pro level as well.
0: That's really all you do. And the aspirational nature of it is an important point where, okay, maybe it's not the exact same pipeline that we have in traditional sports, but that's still what everyone wants to do, wants to be. And, you know, as a program, we have to have it set up in a way where, yeah, we could show we can do this. Is that similar to you, Cody, with uh, scholarship players in 11 different titles? How do you balance the, yeah, here's, here's what you need to do if you can go pro, but also I'm focused on the college, uh, on our college program?
3: Um, you know, I'll be honest with you, uh, it's actually a pretty small handful of our players have the desire to go prof- play professionally. Um, they have passion and drive for the games. Um, so I guess the few that really do want to, um, we try to spend a little bit extra time with them on VOD reviews and um, teaching them, you know, it's, there's only so much I can teach um, a player when it comes to really improving their gameplay directly, right? Um, being responsible over so many game titles. But what thing I thrive at and I've been successful at is teaching someone, teaching these players how to become professionals in every aspect, which is how to practice, how to analyze things, have a purpose to what you're doing and not just sitting there pressing buttons butting, buttons, and playing. Um, and, you know, that, that also translates to when you focus on academic success and creating a clear path to how they can become successful in the classroom. And that translates a lot, lots, a lot to esports. believe it or not, when it comes to strategy and time management and all that stuff. Um, But yeah, I mean, I guess it's, it's more so just focusing, it's teaching them how to be professionals in every aspect of it before they try to make that leap because they'll need all those assets um, and skills to really make the jump. Um, But yeah, I guess that's kind of how we, how we, we handle the players that have that, you know, drive to go pro certainly
0: makes sense. And yeah, I absolutely agree. The classroom and all the other things that come with it, uh, media training in particular, would probably be great for quite a few esports players um, in some way Uh, that comes with added education and sort of the pipeline that exists in traditional sports where kids go from high school to college and there's usually media coverage of them the whole time if they're talented, then they end up in the pros. So they have some experience with it versus esports players who just get immediately thrown into the limelight and it's like, okay. Now we got to deal with it. PK, over to you. How much of this do you think could be solved with having more high-level competitions like these show matches where Nate and Cody mentioned, hey, sometimes a lot of games, we're just better. And we're just beating up on some teams that just don't have the talent level. And if you're a pro team and you see that, that's not going to really move the needle as much. But if you have show matches between Akron and Northwood where you guarantee that all six people out there are... Really high-level talent. How much could show matches help play? Uh, help maybe make this bigger recruiting or something that more esports organizations are focused on collegiate esports when they're looking to at available talent pools at potentially finding some players who are up and coming.
1: What's well, really cool about the the show matches? So last week we had Overwatch with UCI and Utah, two great programs out in the West. And what was really cool about that was. During, in our Discord, where all the top players in the country are, they had, a, they had a watch party. And again, that is so valuable so that you can then grow up to be that person. I want to watch the people that I love to, to watch, and I want to be them when I, when I grow up, right? That's the same mentality that we're trying to create is to show that you know, the buddies, the Tristans in the Rocket League world exist, and then show those younger players that are ranked in the top 5 or 10 in the country that hey this is how you should be playing this is what you could look like these are the difference in skill levels but that's what makes esports really special too is that barrier to entry you know as I'm a as I'm a 13 14 year old basketball player I'm never going to compete with the LeBron James or the Michael Jordans of the world but what's great about esports is that if I if I am a prodigy, I can compete at a young age. We just saw, um, you know, the rocker pick up an 18-year-old senior in high school um, for their for their version one, um, and and so I, I think that that's what makes this this sport. And we don't want to lose that, but we want to make sure that we create some of these heroes, but we also um, create platforms like the show match so that they have something to watch. They know where to go. If EFUSE is the place that they can go to find those heroes to see who they're the best players are to see who they rank up, up against amongst their peers. That's a win for us. And that's the small details that we care about. That has it, that has nothing to do with dollars. That has everything to do with impact and value. And I think that that's, that's where we want to focus our attention on.
0: Definitely. It makes a lot of sense. So I'm going to wrap up this show by asking all three of you the same question. I've been asking it to most people who, are part of this. We've had Doc Haskell from Boise State and Mark Deppi from UCI on the show, and I asked them as well. And the question is really, how are you navigating this rapid expansion of different competitive platforms? It's between developers expanding into collegiate offerings, uh, between the new companies that have popped up in the space versus the existing companies. You've got Playverse, you know, I can't name them all here. Playverse, NACE, CSL, EGF uh, developers, uh, eFuse, uh, Cody, you mentioned how you guys are launching a tournament in the future as well. How do you navigate that and make sure that you're putting your students in the best competitions for them that make the most sense? Nate, can we start with you?
2: Yeah, sure. So, uh, <laughs> The answer isn't as clear as uh, you might like it to be, Mitch, but uh, having your finger in as many pies as possible is definitely one way to get some stuff done. So most of these groups will you know, allow you to be part of what's going on. They'll allow you to be part of the decision-making process and dedicating time uh, throughout the day whenever you have possible to interacting with those groups helps you stay on top of a lot of it. In addition to that, a lot of this is student-driven. So As professionals that are working in higher education, you know, we, we may like to think that we've got our finger on everything and our finger on the pulse of everything, but there's definitely going to be some things that slip under the cracks. So for me, it's listening to what the students are passionate about, what they're interested in, and then tailoring the program to fit the constantly changing needs of folks who are interested in gaming and esports at the higher education or at the scholastic level. Because day to day, month to month, week to week, year to year, it's different. And we're seeing games evolve. We're seeing the competition side of things evolve. We're seeing the interest level from folks evolve from one game to another. So just making sure that the programs that we're running are adaptable and that they're able to encompass a wide variety of different student interests is really how we keep moving forward and we keep making sure that our program is able to engage those different students in those different games.
0: Certainly, adaptability, the key component uh, to be successful in esports. If you're not ready to adapt to Valorant coming out and Overwatch declining in some ways, not necessarily in college, but in uh, the pro scene a little bit, Uh, you need to be able to adapt and adapt quickly uh, to a rapidly changing industry. Cody, what about you? How do you make sure you're positioning your students for the best possible success when looking at all the different platforms that are available to potentially compete on?
3: Um, Well, kind of like uh, what Nate was saying, um, we're we're willing to give anything a try um, at least once. And then uh, depending on what the students say, kind of depends on if we actually stick with the league or tournament platform whatever it is Um, we've had a quite a a variety of issues um, with certain leagues uh, obviously in the last year and a half but things have gotten better Um, so we also talk to our peers a lot right so we're actually part of it's called the michigan esports conference we created in michigan um, because we've got about 27 varsity programs in michigan now um, which is quite a few so we all kind of bounce ideas off of each other and rely on each other as well on leagues and feedback and Warning each other or encouraging each other on certain leagues, but uh, yeah, I think I think you'll see a lot of them, a lot of them fizzle out uh, over the next couple of years, and you'll have some key dominant players uh, for sure. And it's always a, a plus when a developer's supporting it, and in a way. But I also think developers uh, need to kind of stop trying to protect the game so much and kind of let the, the tournament platforms and uh, you know companies count. let them run stuff you know it's it only it, it, they're only taking away opportunities from students when they do that you know so we'll take the handcuffs off of uh some of the the platforms and let them run and see what happens
0: interesting balance you have there because you know the developer supported league is always going to be supported by the developer but it's also not necessarily their first priority considering they're usually running some franchise League or RLCS League of Legends, uh, take your picks. So it's got to be an interesting balance to find. There is like, okay, the developer supporting it, but just how much support are we getting from that company?
3: Yeah, that's a hundred percent true, honestly. Um, yeah, I. Oh, go ahead, Cody. Yeah, I was gonna say just to add on to that, you know, that's that's very true because some some developers want to support it and then gatekeep other companies, but they're really not providing that adequate enough support and there's other platforms out there that would probably be willing to provide even more support more staff more dedication more prizing more opportunities than the developer themselves so that's why i think it's important um i'd like to see more of the developers keep their hands out of the cookie jar and let everybody get a shot uh, to host and operate things
2: i'm 100 percent in the same boat as cody is that the developers are limiting the collegian scene and probably the professional scene as well um more than they're they're helping it because their in their incentive is not necessarily to provide a platform for teams and for colleges to have a place to compete their primary objective is to sell games and as it should be but the tournament organizers their primary objective is a little bit different. You know, their primary objective is to drive these storylines, to drive viewership, and then in turn drive sponsorship for their events. So I think that works much more in line with what colleges and pro teams need in order to become more successful than they are now, at least in the eyes of the general public.
3: Yeah, and to add on to that for one more thing is, uh, you know, the one thing I think you will see a major um, – reason why certain platforms stick around versus others is you know when you care about adding value and experiences for the students bef- be- before besides making a profit first um and the almighty dollar that's where you're going to find the success because that's that those, those are the companies that are going to have relationships long term with brands that are looking to invest partnerships and all that um, it's not about you know making the money necessarily it's about you know adding value and um quality uh first in my opinion that's the the best best platform to companies to work with for sure that
0: takes it nicely full circle into adding value which is exactly what pk started this show off talking about how efuse is adding value in the space so pk i want to give you the first plug of the wrap-up the show match coming up next week watch people be watching following looking out for uh, what do you want them to do With I can't
1: wait. I can't wait for uh, the social media to start popping of these two uh, talking a little jab back and forth. Um, We're going to throw out some graphics today, but next Tuesday, live from the arena, 6.30, the pregame show with OG Pickle, and then 7 o'clock, live, the two best Rocket League teams in the country going at it, just like they did last semester. uh, They went back and forth uh, and I can't wait to see the result.
0: I love it. I'm excited to watch as well, but enjoying watching more collegiate Rocket League. I can't get enough Rocket League, so I'm stoked to have another avenue of competition. Nate, over to you. Akron, the Akron Zips. What do you want people looking out for following? I appreciate it about Akron.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to a fantastic game. Should be a good, even matchup between Akron and Northwood coming up here next week. So looking forward to see it. Uh, looking forward for that E-Fuse production level. Going to be fantastic. Go Zips.
0: Go Zips. It's a great mascot. It's a great mascot. Cody, I apologize. I don't know Northwood's mascot. What do you
3: want what? people looking out for? T- Timberwolves. We're, we're Timberwolves. Timberwolves. Okay, okay. okay.
0: Yeah. Fits the... I guess you guys are Michigan, not Minnesota, but I like that still. That's cool. Yeah.
3: No, uh, I'm, we're, I'm looking forward to just seeing uh, our our players and Akron players featured um, in a environment where it's focused on them and not like 32 other teams which will be really special um i'm looking forward to it it'll be a good game for sure it's always always is a good against akron um again the history is pretty remarkable and uh, both of our teams have players that are not seniors either so we will uh this will continue for a while and um it's just it's gonna be we're gonna put on a good show for everybody that's for sure
0: I love it. Developing rivalries in collegiate esports with two of the dominant Rocket League teams the Northwood and Akron have had plenty of success in other games as well. Be sure to look out for those program spotlights if you want to learn more about Akron and Northwood's programs specifically, or follow Nate and Cody, follow their programs themselves and be on the lookout for them. Some of the biggest college esports programs in North America, as well as some of the most successful ones. And then check out E-Fuse. E-Fuse is a really cool website. I actually really enjoy their social media. Patrick was nice enough to get me verified, the first social media site to verify me, starting off, and we love it. Uh, appreciate you for coming on the show, Patrick. I'll be sure to link everything underneath this show to our listeners, so you'll be able to find links to where the show match will be broadcast, to other E-Fuse things, and then to Akron and Northwoods programs underneath this show if you want to learn more. We'll be back on Monday with In The News covering the top headlines from the last week in collegiate esports. Have a great weekend, everyone.